leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Cleveland. Welcome to another episode of the 1085 Green Iron Podcast, episode 48. We're getting closer and closer to 50. Uh, I am your host, Anthony Jokey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host of BelieveLand-Sports.com, Jack McCurry. How you doing, Jack? I'm doing pretty well, man. How are you? Good. Um, you know, off of work today. It's always a good thing on a Friday. I'll, I'll take it. So, uh, you know, we had a little bit of news today. We actually had a trade uh, in the NFL, and it was one that the Browns have been rumored to be a part of, um, you know, we've seen a bunch of conflicting reports uh, about if they were actually involved or not. And, you know, it, it would not be surprising if they were, because it was one of the uh, guys that John Dorsey drafted a few years ago and Marcus Peters uh, of the Kansas city chiefs, the corner, uh, he was traded to the Los Angeles Rams. That's still weird to say. Um, and we don't know what they got back yet uh, for him. Uh, rumors are a potential first-round pick, uh, which would be in that uh, 26-27 range, uh, if I remember correctly, um, you know, along with other draft picks as well. So, you know, what's your, your overall uh, take on this? Because obviously the Browns, I would think, would be interested, unless with all the off-the-field off and on-the-field uh, problems that Peters has had, Dorsey has decided just to, to stay away from that. Yeah, I mean, first of all, these trades in the NFL, it doesn't seem like these teams care about, you know, when the league year starts, they'll make a deal if it, you know, the timing's right and the sides can make a deal work. So um seems like the NFL world never ends despite, you know, quietness of the offseason right now. But, you know, the reports are saying that the Browns had lukewarm interest or didn't really have any interest at all. And it seems like it was primarily just the Chiefs negotiating with the Rams and you know for them to get a late first round pick for Peters who you know despite the off-field issues is a talented corner it's a huge get for him and they needed a first round pick anyway so you know I don't blame the Browns because they honestly don't have that that kind of ammo to make the, make a deal like this have work so you know I can understand why they didn't do it so you know Peters is off to LA and you know, they're about to lose a corner in Tremaine Johnson, who I would believe is now going to become available on the market. And the Browns should definitely be all over that when the new league year starts. You know, I would say the, the Browns have as more ammo than anyone else combined. And but, you know, you're not going to pay trade pick number one. You're not going to trade pick number four. It probably costs you 33, 35 and whatever else if you're competing with a first round pick. So, you know, that just probably wasn't going to happen. When, when you look at uh, now Tremaine Johnson on the outside looking in, I, we discussed him already. How would you think he, he would fit here uh, if that's uh, the option the Browns decide to go in? Uh, 
I think he would fit in great because obviously he played in Greg Williams' defense when Greg Williams was a defensive coordinator with the Rams, so he's familiar with the system. You know, he's one of the top corners in the league when he's healthy. Last year, you know, playing on the franchise tag, he uh, struggled a little bit and didn't live up to that uh, high salary. So maybe his price will come down a little bit, but I'm sure he's going to have a lot of suitors. I know the 49ers um, also talked to the Chiefs about Marcus Peters, so they're in the market for a cornerback. So and with the 49ers and the Browns both having – over a hundred million dollars in cap space. I would expect those two teams are going to be the front runners for Johnson services. And, you know, when you look at the Browns and, and their current situation, you might have to pay uh, him, maybe not what he made last year on a franchise tag, but close to it, even though he didn't play as well, uh, just to lure a, a guy here, um, you know, to kind of kick off free agency. Cause you know, when you're one at 31 or last two seasons, it's going to take, extra money uh, to a free agent in order to get them here. Absolutely. And, you know, looking at the 49ers situation, you know, they, you know, they have a lot of cap money, but they have a franchise quarterback in place. They have a head coach and a front office that are sharing the same philosophies and are looking towards building a winner with, you know, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. And, you know, it looks like it would be a better destination, but these players, when they get to free agency, they're looking for money. And, you know, with California's high state income tax, you know, and Tremaine Johnson's probably feeling that being in Los Angeles the last couple of seasons, he might want to come to Cleveland where there's a less state income tax where he would get more money in his pocket. But, you know, at the end of the day, they, you know, the players want to do one, two things, get their money and win. And obviously he can get money from San Francisco and win instead of uh, immediately winning here in Cleveland, he would just get his money. You know, when you look at uh, the Chiefs, they were without a first-round pick. And, you know, if, if what's being reported is true and they gained one back from uh, the Rams, how do you see that, if, if at all, affecting the Browns at, at picks 33 and 35 with the Chiefs uh, picking in that 26-27 range, if at all? Uh, you know, they could be looking at cornerbacks. I know we are. We could take one early in the draft. We could, you know, try to hop up and get one late in the first round, like a, maybe a Josh Jackson from Iowa. But, you know, they signed David Emerson. They picked up Kendall Fuller. They might be in the market in free agency because they've opened up some cap space where they could go out and get another veteran corner. Um, I don't know how much it really affects yet. Uh, we're still two months out. I'd have to see, you know, what these teams do in free agency to really – look at what they could potentially do in the draft. If I had to guess, uh, based on what they already have, I, I would say maybe a wide receiver that could free that spot open, um, you know, for them to look at one there uh, in that range. Um, you know, let's, uh, let's just keep the, the free agent stuff rolling. Let's go into uh, our free agent talk. Um, today we're going to discuss offensive tackles. So if you want to go ahead and start, um, laying out each uh, free agent offensive tackle you think the Browns could be interested in. Is there is there any one guy that's – and a lot of this is – not to get too far ahead, but a lot of this really depends on what happens with Joe, Joe Thomas. If he decides to retire, you know, the Browns are either going to draft one at four or they're going to look to hit a home run in free agency in order to buy them some time for the next two or three years so that they could find the offensive tackle uh, that they want. Um, you know, it's hard to replace a, a future Hall of Famer, but is there any guy in this free agency class that uh, you can see 
being here three to four years uh, in order for them to find uh, their left tackle of the future. Yeah, the one name that immediately comes to mind is Nate Solder from New England, you know, and I know people will say, well, he's 29 going on 30. I mean, is it really worth bringing in a guy like that to, you know, fill the left tackle position? And I would say yes, because, you know, like you said, we don't have the immediate left tackle of the future. You know, we have some guys, Sean Coleman, Rod Johnson, but Sean Coleman, I think, will primarily be the right tackle and Rod Johnson was a developmental pick last year who really didn't get a lot of developmental time because he was injured and had to sit out the entire season and couldn't really do anything in terms of practice and, you know, just any kind of work with Joe Thomas. So the Browns going to have to look for a left tackle in this draft or try to find a young diamond in the rough and free agency to develop but Solder I think would come in and could play not up to Joe Thomas's level but he could play at a high level he's you know protected Brady's blind side for the last few years and done it fairly well um a lot of these other guys on the list Jawan James Cameron Fleming Chris Hubbard these guys are primarily right tackles and um Benjamin Ijelana who just got cut by the New York Jets uh, these guys are all primarily right tackles, and it's really hard to slide over from right to left tackle. I know people probably think it's easy, but it's not, and that's why guys are primarily at those positions and stay at those positions throughout the entire career. Yeah, you know, it's it's it would be a very interesting situation if Joe decides to retire. Um, you know, I don't know if if uh, Spencer Drongo could hold down the fort for a year uh you know and for them to find somebody else going in the next shaft um you know, that's why I, I would think joe you know being how great of a person he is i would think that he would let them know way ahead of time so that way they're not walking into free agency blind and the draft blind uh when it comes to that position um you know, I, I still think he's going to be back next year um, but, you know, I think a lot of it depends on what happens early on in free agency uh, with the quarterback situation. You know, you heard him discuss today um, on his podcast about how he thinks uh, the chances of getting Cousins are, quote, out the window. Um, he mentioned Tyrod Taylor as a, as a possibility, uh, as someone who, they th- who he thinks they should bring in uh, as a veteran quarterback. You know, that's one that's one that you've been uh, clamoring for for however many months now. Um, but, you know, it, I would think Joe would have the courtesy and with how good of a human he is, I, I would think that there would be advanced notice if he did decide to retire. Yeah, and he said that all along that he's going to let the Browns know before free agency if he's going to retire or stay. And honestly, he's got to let them know, I think, within the next week because the Combines next week, all 32 teams are in Indianapolis, and a lot of agents are in Indianapolis, you know, to help to represent their uh, individual prospects that they um, have in their under their watch. And this is when the it's not it's the illegal tampering begins a lot of free agent deals and you know early phone calls and stuff start to happen late at the late in the night when the nfl officials are sleeping these teams and these agents are negotiating deals so 
Joe Thomas needs to let the Browns know, I think, within the next week what his intentions are because the Browns can go out and try to recruit a Nate Solder to come to Cleveland and, you know, be, you know, not only the left tackle for the next few years, but also to be a mentor to whoever we bring in next. Um, these other guys, like I said, James uh, Fleming, Hubbard, and Igelana, these guys are right tackles. So, you know, if you're going to bring these guys in, you're bringing these guys in with the intent to compete with Sean Coleman or to replace Sean Coleman, and maybe you bring Coleman to left tackle. Coleman was left tackle in Auburn. Maybe the Browns look to slide him over to the left, left side and get him into a more comfortable position. We'll see how that plays out, but the Joe Thomas does need to let these guys know fairly quickly so that they can plan accordingly for the offseason. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Is there any other guy on this uh, free agent list that piques your interest a- at all as as a left tackle or, or even a, a right tackle to maybe push Sean Coleman a little bit? Yeah. Uh... Not really. I mean, you look at this list, it's not a good list. And I was telling Anthony a couple days ago, I said, well, we're going to have offensive tackle as one of our free agent needs. But I said, this list is awful. I mean, you look at the names on this list, Greg Robinson, who was the number two pick just four years ago, he's already on his second team. And I don't even think he started a lot of games in uh, Detroit last year after uh, LA traded him there. Uh, Breno Giacomini, he was a right tackle in Houston. He hasn't really panned out. Chris Clark, 32 years old. He's on the backside of his career. He wouldn't want to come to a situation like Cleveland. Byron Bell, you know, it's just some of these names, some of these names I haven't even heard of, but I mean, that just goes to show how valuable the offensive line is. I mean, it's just not a very deep position this offseason in free agency. And uh, for Greg Robinson, he was actually cut on November 10th, and after he cleared waivers, uh, they placed him on IR. So he didn't really play much of the season at all um, for, for the Lions uh, last year. Well, you know, do actually scrolling down this list, one name that does kind of pique my interest because I did think he played well during the 2016 season was Austin Pastor. Um, you know, but once again, he's primarily a right tackle. Maybe he could push Sean Coleman some. He started over him during that 2016 season, and – you know, ended up going to Atlanta last year, which I don't know how much playing time he ultimately had. But, you know, Pastor is a guy that somewhat knows Hugh Jackson's scheme. Obviously, this is changing into Todd Haley's scheme, so I don't know how much of a fit he would be. But I wouldn't mind bringing Pastor back. He's 27 years old. He, I mean, he wouldn't be a bad backup at best. Yeah, you know, I, I think, yeah, he did play well. Um, but, you know, he, he – I. I think he's just just another guy, and uh, you know, yeah, you, you like to have depth there, but I I don't see a situation to where they, they would bring uh, someone like him back into the organization. Yeah, I mean, it's just an idea that I thought of, but I mean, the Browns don't listen to me on any ideas. That's for the other Twitter or other uh, Browns podcast. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, you know, while we're uh, discussing uh, tackles, you know, we'll, we'll just, you know, we don't really have any need at, at guard. Um, is there anyone that, that just peaks your, that raises an eyebrow? You know, we have Antonio, uh, we have Treader at center, and then we have uh, Zaytler at guard. Is there any need to bring in any kind of uh, offensive guard for uh, 
to push these guys or just for depth? I mean, for depth purposes, that's, I mean, something you would look at. Um, one name that came came to mind would be John Greco because I just, I love the way, you know, he held down the guard spot when he was here for those, all those years, but he had just, I think he just re-signed with the New York Giants. So would hate, uh, would have loved to see him back in Cleveland, but uh, none of these names really uh, jump out at me. I mean, Fluker is a guy I wouldn't mind bringing in for depth. Uh, you know, Luke Jokel wouldn't be a bad option, but I think he's going to get a nice payday this offseason, whether it's from Seattle or any other team. Um, yeah, there's not too many options here. The options that are would be available, I think, are going to be uh, too much for the Browns because they're already paying uh, Zeitler, the highest paid guard in NFL history for now, and they already gave Batonio a big contract. So any of these guys that would protect my interest, they're going to be too much for the Browns to want to uh, pay in terms of salary. Well, let's move on to our uh, NFL draft coverage. Um, you know, I, I guess we should say that – uh, after this podcast, we will have uh, covered 32 prospects so far. And as I was going through uh, the list of players I still wanted to cover, you know, our, our original plan was to uh, – oh, excuse me. Um, our original plan was to do 64 prospects. Looking at the people we still want to talk about uh, – and give you guys a, a background on for the draft. Uh, it looks like that might jump up to 100. So um, just bear with us. We're going to get through this list. Um, you know, we have like eight quarterbacks to go through. We have a bunch of defensive linemen uh, still to go through. So, uh, you know, this is probably some of the best uh, draft covers you'll get on a Browns podcast would be my guess. But uh, I won't humble brag too much. Um Looking at uh, the guys today, we're going to discuss uh, Simi Cobbs Jr. from Indiana, Dean Kane from Clemson, or Dion Kane from Clemson, uh, both wide receivers. Uh, then we're also going to discuss uh, two strong safeties, uh, Derwin James out of Florida State and Ronnie Harrison out of Alabama. Looking at those four guys, obviously the, the need is towards uh, wide receiver. Out of the, uh, both Simi Cobbs and Dion Kane, is there one you like more than the other, or would you see them both as good fits here? Uh, I mean, going all the way back to the beginning of college football season last year, Ohio State opened up the year against Indiana, and Simi Cobbs absolutely stole the show that night. I know Ohio State, you know, ultimately won that game, but Simi Cobbs, I think, caught a lot of people's eyes, especially Browns fans, because we've been clamoring for a big play wide receiver opposite Josh Gordon and even to replace Josh Gordon because of Gordon's off the field issues. And Cobbs could definitely be that guy. I love his game. He was an absolute beast at Indiana, you know, with he got was a first team all Big Ten you know, eight touchdowns, 841 yards. The year before that, he had 1,000 yards as a receiver. I mean, you know, he's that vertical threat you want, 6'3", 6'4". We'll find out the exact height next week at the Combine. But, you know, he's just he's good pass catcher, got decent speed for a wide receiver. He, you know, he get up and make plays. And he had, you know, that game against the Buckeyes, you know, he had some one unbelievable catches on the sideline, one-handed grabs. You know, 11 catches that night for 149 yards and a touchdown against an Ohio State secondary that has consistently produced NFL talent. I mean, 
if you can do that against a secondary like Ohio State, I think you could play at the next level. And I think Simi Cobbs will definitely be that guy. And whoever gets him in the second or third round is going to get, a, I think, an absolute steal. Yeah, you know, I watched it. I watched a couple Indiana games this year, and well, one of the things I really noticed is he catches just about anything thrown his way. You know, he has very long arms. He has a huge catch radius, and you know, the guys, the the Browns have had serious problems catching the football uh, over the last few years, and I, I think a, a pick like Cobb's would bring a sense of sure-handedness uh, to the wide receiver group that they haven't had in such a long time. Definitely. And I love the comparison that um, Rob Rang and Dane Brugler given him of Jordan Matthews. I can remember Jordan Matthews, you know, everybody in 2014 loved Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans, you know, it, Odell Beckham was a guy late in the process that people started to really love, but Jordan Matthews caught my eye right from the start. You know, being out of that, out of Vanderbilt, nobody really thought that that kid would turn into a, a legit NFL wide receiver, and he proved a lot of people wrong. And I think you know, Matthews was a second round pick. Cobb's I think could go anywhere from mid second to the third round, and I think you're going to get an absolute steal, just like Matthews was an absolute steal for the Eagles. What, what do you, what's your opinion on uh, Deion Kane? He's a he's a burner. Uh, he's kind of like Collier Coleman a little bit. You know, he could take the top off the defense. I think it would be very interesting to have him on one side and Josh Gordon on the other, uh, two guys that could really uh, stretch the defense and allow uh, your running game to take off. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I didn't see a lot of Kane, you know, pulled up the highlight film on YouTube, was very impressed. You know, Clemson has become a wide receiver school over the last few years with, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Williams, Sammy Watkins. I mean, they have produced some legit wide receivers um, and that have transla- translated to the their success in the NFL. And I think Deion King could definitely be that guy. You know, he's right now is a projected second and third round pick, just like Cobbs. You know, like you said, he's a burner. He can get downfield. You know, he's 6'1", so he can give you a little bit of uh, vertical threat, not as much as a guy like Cobbs could. But, you know, the Browns definitely need wide receivers, and if they can get either one of these guys, I think it would be very, a very good pick for them in the second or third round. And having them having four picks between those two rounds is great because I think they could bring in some very elite talent with those picks. You know, I'll bring up the, the other Clemson receiver I like, um, Hunter Renfro. You know, that's a guy who is kind of like a an Amendola type who will catch just about anything thrown his way. And I, I think that's also a guy – now, he's not going to be taken in the, the top two or three rounds. But, you know, he's a guy that, um, you know, later on in the draft, you know, kind of like um, Dante Pettis as well, two guys that, that are playmakers and will catch the football anytime uh, it's thrown to them. I, I would – tend to think that, you know, those are guys uh, the Browns need, um, especially, like I said, uh, when they've had serious problems catching the football. I, I would tend to think that those those two guys as well um, would be great additions to the wide receiver room. Yeah, I mean, anybody that can catch would be a great addition to the wide receiver room. I think you look over the years, some of the guys that we've drafted, Greg Little, um Ricardo Lewis, you know, Coleman doesn't have the surest hands. They need to get guys with high catch percentages 
that you can throw to and guarantee nine times out of 10, they're going to catch that ball. You know, they, everybody has a little hiccup, you know, uh, there's no perfect 100% catch percentage guy in, in the NFL, but you know, the Browns, you know, the biggest guy that they've had at catching the football is Andrew Hawkins. And he was only here for two seasons, but he caught, I think like 70% of the catches, th- the targets thrown to him. The Browns need to find guys like that. You know, if they got a guy like Renfro and he turned into a Wes Welker, Denny Amadola type, it would be huge. I mean, he's not going to make those big highlight plays like Josh Gordon has and Braylon Edwards had in the past. We just need guys that are going to catch the ball and move the sticks. And we have, we've had a problem doing that over the years. Hopefully Dorsey and the front the new front office can get guys like that in here. Well, I, I, I want to clarify something. I I was looking to see where he would be ranked among the wide receivers, and apparently he's not coming out this year, so we'll have to wait another year uh, to grab Hunter Renfro. I know. I, I had the same reaction while you were talking, but, you know, he, oh, we'll start our 2019 NFL draft coverage with Hunter Renfro, all right? Well, um, looking at, at the two safeties, the two strong safeties, Derwin James and uh, Ronnie Harrison, Tell me who – obviously, I would tend to think Derwin James is probably going to go top 10. I, I don't see a situation where the Browns would take him uh, that early. But, you know, talk about these two guys and um, who, if at all, do you see the Browns drafting them? I mean, it's tough because I feel like strong safety is filled right now with Jabril Peppers with the – uh, hope that he does slide over to that position this season, this upcoming season. Um, if they were to take a guy, I would love to see them move up in the late first to get a rot, get Ronnie Harrison out of Alabama. I like Derwin James game, but I don't know if you could justify taking him that high in the draft. You know, I could be wrong. And I like, I always say if I'm wrong, I'll get on here and say that I'm wrong, but that hard hitting safety as something that, you know, I always love to have in the secondary. We had it with TJ Ward. We had it with Dante Whitner. I think Peppers can be that guy, but I think Ronnie Harrison, when he gets to the next level, is definitely going to be that guy. You look what Landon Collins has been for the New York Giants. Whatever team gets Ronnie Harrison is going to get that. And you look at the comparison that uh, Brugler and Rob Rain gave. They gave Ronnie Lott, who is one of the most intimidating, uh, hard-hitting safeties in NFL history, if Harrison can get close to that, then whatever team drafts him is going to absolutely love him. And, you know, watching some Alabama games this year, I was blown away with how impressive Harrison is. Um, Looking at Harrison, and if you were to, you know, potentially go that route in, in drafting him, is there somewhere you can move Peppers uh, in order to utilize him and, and not uh, give up on a first-round pick so quickly? Yeah. Like what I was said last year when we drafted him, uh, I could see him in that Mark Barron role where he slides down to linebacker. You know, who knows how long Jamie Collins will be here, especially considering he has an opt-out after this upcoming season. Maybe you move Peppers down, have him bulk up a little bit, and he slides down into Jamie Collins' role. And then if you were to draft a guy like Ronnie Harrison, you'd have two hard-hitting guys that could play Peppers' can line up at the one outside linebacker position and Peppers or Harrison would be right behind him. And I don't think any quarterback would throw towards that side of the field because you're going to have potential one, two hit one, two 
combo of hard hitting safety slash linebackers in Harrison and Peppers, and I don't think any team would want to uh, mess with that. Well, it, that would be all, all fine and dandy if Ronnie Harrison isn't playing in Toledo uh, when the Browns are playing at Cleveland Brown Stadium, um, like we saw with Peppers. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I would, I would love uh, just a, a hard hitting, nasty guy uh, at that position. Um, you know, it, it intrigues me your idea of, of moving Peppers uh, to linebacker. You know. When, when we watched Michigan uh, when he was there, I, I thought that was when he was at his best, was when he was in the box. So if they could figure out some kind of role for him uh, in that way, that, that would be wonderful. And you could have Harrison back there. But um, at the end of the day, you know, it all, all, it all depends on what they decide to do. Uh, maybe if they sign a, a free safety uh, or, or draft one, uh, they won't go the Harrison route, but if they don't uh, sign anybody in free agency, maybe they, they could go that route with Harrison. Um, I guess we'll see. Um, is there anything more you want to talk about uh, Derwin James, or did you cover pretty much everything with him? Uh, I think we could talk about him a little more. I mean, you know, he's definitely got – he's very definitely talented. He's – you know, he's a strong safety, but it does have him listed as a potential free safety. Um, you know, his play at Florida State, you know, they had him, I think they had him play all over the defense like a Jabril Peppers. Um, I think he is more suited as a strong safety, but, you know, maybe Greg Williams could see something in him that where he could play free safety, but I don't know how known it is. I mean, he had to play alongside a Jalen Ramsey. So Jalen Ramsey took that spot at free safety, but uh, I, I'm not sure how much of a fit he would be at the with the Browns. Um, I don't know if he's got that hard-hitting ability that uh, Ronnie Harrison has. I haven't watched a lot on him yet. I will definitely dive into it more, but um, I don't think the Browns could justify taking a guy like James at four considering they just spent a first-round pick last year on the safety. Yeah, I would say the only way that they would is if, um, you know, they were to trade down and he's still there at that point. You know, maybe at that point you just go best player available. But, you know, I, I don't really see a situation uh, where they trade down unless they um, unless they do sign Kirk uh, Cousins and they, they trade down from one to like five or six. But I, at, at that point, I would still think you would take – maybe Barkley and Fitzpatrick or Chubb and Fitzpatrick or, or whatever, a combination of those two guys, Chubb and Roquan Smith uh, would be uh, fine as well. So, but, you know, I, I don't see a situation where uh, James is here at, at all uh, next year. Um, is that everything? Did I miss anything? That is everything. <laughs> I, I I just totally spaced out. I'm like, that can't be the end. We're only 30 minutes in. This can't be the end of the podcast already. Um, but I, I guess it is. So if you want to go ahead and plug everything you do, we're going to get out of here pretty quickly tonight. Alrighty. Um, yeah, check out BelieveLand-Sports.com. I have my ongoing preview of the upcoming Indian season. Um, I've already previewed the pitching position, the pitchers and um, we're recording this on a Friday, Thursday. I posted uh, the infield and broke down all the positions and what I expect to happen at all those spots. Um, 
So go check that out and follow me on Twitter at J McCurry CLE. As always, you can follow the show at 25 Grand Iron on Twitter. Uh, you can find our Facebook page at facebook.com slash 25 Grand Iron. Um, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Overcast, TuneIn, and damn it. I forgot the last one. Uh, that's all right. I'll, I'll post it out there um, for all you guys to, to see. Uh, you can follow me personally at Anthony Jokey, uh, J-O-K-I on Twitter. Um, be sure to like, rate, subscribe uh, to our podcast on iTunes. We'd appreciate if you would send us a rating. It helps us out a lot. I can't stress that enough, uh, as we've been saying for the last two months uh, now, approximately. Um you know, with all that, we're going to get out of here. It's, it was a, a quick one tonight. Uh, you know, we will probably be back after uh, the NFL Combine. Um, and on that episode, we might have a special guest. So I'll tease that now. Um, hopefully that comes to fruition. Uh, it'll be fantastic. Uh, fantastic interview, that's for sure. Um, with all that, we're going to get out of here. And as always, as we leave, uh, I'll leave you with these words on this uh, Friday night. Go Browns. Leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.